So a couple weeks ago, we talked about NATO. Today, we're going to talk about G20. What's the difference between the two? Who is World Economic Forum? Why are these guys in G20, the 20 countries, getting together in New Delhi to have a meeting? The theme was called One Earth. One future, and the discussions points were around climate change, healthcare, food security, and digitalization. What do they mean by digitalization? Do they want to create one currency that we all use, and then do they score us on who votes the right way, what we drive, how we eat, how we live? Who knows? We're going to talk all about that today. So if you get value out of this video, give it a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Let's get right into it. G20, it started in 1999. The original inception of it was after the Asian financial crisis as a forum for the finance ministries and central bank governors to discuss global economic and financial issues. So G20, NATO, World Economic Forum. G20 is different than NATO. NATO's military, G20's economy. Then G20 is different than World Economic Forum because G20 is governments, World Economic Forum is private companies, just to kind of, you know, the difference between what these guys are. So who is part of the G20 members and why did two countries not show up to this year's G20 summit? The G20 members are Argentina, Australia, Brazil, Canada, China, France, Germany, India, Indonesia, Italy, Japan, Mexico, Republic of Korea, Russia, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, Turkey, United Kingdom, US, and EU. And two countries didn't show up. And I bet you can guess who those two countries are. Russia and China didn't show up to this year's G20 summit. Now, how big is G20? How much influence do these guys have? Here's what it looks like. They account for about 80% of world's GDP and 75% of global trade. G20 countries are home to 60% of world population, combined population of over 4.9 billion people, combined GDP over $150 trillion. Hence, digitalization. Imagine the influence they have of $150 trillion. They get to say, if we want to have one currency that you and I have to lose, they got enough power and influence to be able to pull that off. It may take them 5, 10, 15, 20 years, but they're going to pull it off if that's what they want to do because they got that kind of influence. 80% of world's greenhouse gases. They're responsible for about 75% of world's military spending. G20 has been criticized for its lack of transparency and accountability, and they've been criticized for its inability to reach consensus on important issues. And despite these criticism, G20 remains an important forum for international cooperation on economic issues. So remember earlier when I talked to you about the fact that the theme was one earth, one family, one future, and they had these different bullet points I want to talk about. There was a 70-H pay document called the G20 Policy Recommendations for Advancing Financial Inclusions and Productivity Gains Through Digital Public Infrastructure. Keywords. Let me say it again. Advancing financial inclusion. That's not the most friendly word, inclusion. There's a part of force in there. It sounds noble, but it ends up being through force to include you, whether you like it or not. So obviously the interest rates right now are a little bit weird. They're crazy. One day they're 7.12. You're seeing all these numbers for people that want to get a loan. Some people can't even get a loan. If you're somebody that wants to get a credit line up to $250,000, the sponsor today, Fund and Grow, can help you possibly do that. The great thing about Fund and Grow is even in today's economy, they're able to get you a line of credit, which is hard to do with a lot of banks. They offer a 12-month membership that gives small businesses an alternative to traditional funding or gathering investors. They offer a way to get the operating capital you need without having to deal with the current 
during tedious and confusing red tape at banks. They help secure credit up to $250,000 at 0% interest, all without giving up any equity of your company. These guys have a great reputation with over 4,000 5.9 reviews online. And for our listeners, they have prepared a special business funding masterclass that will uncover the five steps their clients have used to secure up to $250,000 in business cash and an exclusive $500 discount for their services. Go to fundinggrow.com forward slash PBD again, fund and spelled out F-U-N-D-A-N-D grow.com forward slash PBD for more information. And then productivity gains through what? Digital public infrastructure. What are they talking about with DPI? Like digital public infrastructure. The acronym DPI was used 441 times. The term financial inclusion was used, ready? 263 times. Digital ID, 83 times. Government to person payments, 24 times. One more time. Government to person payments, 24 times, do they want one government? If they're able to get one currency, what can they do with this? What level of control can they have? That's something some people are concerned about because it lacks transparency and accountability. So again, what's DPI? Digital public infrastructure. Interoperable, open and accessible infrastructure supported by technology to provide essential society-wide public and private services digitally, such as identification, payments, and data exchange. They didn't say decentralized. This is centralized. There's a big difference between being it centralized or decentralized. So Bitcoin, one of their biggest things that people would talk about is the fact that decentralized, where it's kind of like a government's not controlling you, there's going to be control because obviously this is all these 20 members controlling that currency. So, so that's the DPI part. But let's talk about the government-to-person payments. Remember how they use that phrase 24 times? What is government-to-person payments? Look at the statistics. So here's some context. Globally, government-to-person, G2P payments, have increased significantly in scale, as if that's a good thing. Government-to-person has significantly scaled. Look at the numbers. In 2021, over a quarter of adults were receiving payments from the government and increase of 400 million individuals from just four years earlier, not not 40 years earlier, four years earlier, 400 million more people were receiving payments from the government on average in the past decade across a sample of 46 developing countries with available data, 1.5% of GDP was allocated to social assistance payments, 3.6% to pensions, 7.3% to public wages. And they talk about how COVID-19 helped accelerate the process. In their paper, they say in 2020, in response to the COVID-19 crisis, spending on social protection programs increased even further to at least $80 billion across developing countries. So COVID-19, beautiful thing for G20 because it allowed them to increase their 400 million more people getting government-to-person payments. The increased scale of G2P payment programs offers a huge opportunity to advance ready financial inclusion, contribute to women's economic empowerment, and promote the development of the digital ecosystem. Again, more of the same inclusion stuff that they now want to push down people's throats worldwide. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll give you a couple of them here. Here's another one for you. Leveraging DPIs. DPIs can enable digitalizing G2P payments in an efficient, inclusive, again, an adaptive way in the following areas. Beneficiary accounting opening, account registration with government program, generating payment instruction, payment cash out or digital use. Watch this here. Jurisdictions that have in place DPIs, such as digital ID, digital payment systems, and infrastructure for data sharing were also able to reach more beneficiaries, generally respond in a faster, more targeted, and transparent manner during what? The pandemic. The pandemic was the best thing for the people that wanted to impose CBDC, 
they love the pandemic because it sped up their process. Look, you, if you want to get into this, you can. I'm not going to read the whole thing in this uh, episode here, but I'm going to read this thing to you again. Indeed, according to the 2021 Global Findex, 865 million account owners in developing economies opened their first financial account for the purpose of receiving government transfers during what? The pandemic. So, so to kind of put it in some context where it makes sense to you, think about your state may have a welfare program. Your, your, your state may have some entitlement programs where there's a state welfare, state tax, you know, these things that you do. Now imagine the country has a entitlement program welfare, the country has a tax. Now imagine global welfare, global tax. And then if there's a scoring system to reward you or punish you based on certain behavior that you may have that doesn't match with climate change, that doesn't match with what they consider healthy. That's a little bit disturbing for the people that love freedom. And if you watch this content, you're somebody that loves freedom. So watch this. Policy recommendations. I'll continue. Enable and foster the responsible use of DPIs to accelerate financial inclusion and productivity gains. Public authorities could leverage DPIs across public sector programs and national strategies, as well as harness private sector capabilities through collaborative approaches for rapidly advancing financial inclusion let grow. They have two key considerations. The first one is public authorities could consider developing and harnessing DPIs in their national strategies and roadmaps on financial inclusion, digital economy, and related areas. Here's a second one that's the kicker. Public authorities may lead by example through fostering use of DPIs in public programs such as benefit transfers, social protection programs, and development finance programs, CBDC, our own currency that we get to control, development finance programs as well as their internal operations and processes, including in interaction between individuals and businesses and the government. So now, okay, let's set that aside, saying it's all noble, good things that they want to do. Uh, one of the organizations that was there, which is the BIS, was established in 1930. It is owned by 63 central banks. It stands for the Bank of International Settlements, representing countries from around the world that together account for about 95% of the world GDP. Now, here's who BIS is. So imagine the Federal Reserve, what the Federal Reserve is to U.S., BIS is to the world. So they kind of can dictate some of the things that can happen to the world economy. The BIS most recent CBDC survey covered a record 81 central banks representing close to 76% of the world's population and 94% of the global economic output. This is the BIS 2022 report. Survey found out that nine out of 10 central banks are now exploring CBDC, half developing or running concrete experiments. The survey also showed that more than two thirds of central banks are likely to issue a retail CBDC in the short term or the midterm, which is within the next six years. The Atlantic Council 2023 separately tracked CBDC developments in 119 countries and indicates similar results over 40 countries have approached the IMF to request assistance through CBDC capacity development. And, and by the way, some people say, well, come on, Pat, you know, digital ID, what are you talking about? This is not going to happen. I mean, it's not like during COVID, EU didn't take on a digital ID and a passport while you were traveling for people to know you had taken the vaccine. Oh, no, they did do that. Really? So when I would go to the airport, I had to show them this digital passport so they could see that I took the vaccine? Yes. Okay, Pat, what's wrong with that? Well, you know, CBDC, their own digital currency, uh, more ways for me to control what you're doing, what you're not doing. So then the question becomes for you is what level of privacy are you willing to give up? What level of privacy are you willing to give up? You may say, what do you mean by that? What level of questions do you think you're comfortable with your boss knowing about you? What, what, what questions are you not comfortable with it? You know, it's so weird in America, they're like, well, you know, you can't ask an employee when you're interviewing them certain questions. Yeah, but the government can know if I took a vaccine or not while I'm traveling for what? Yeah, but so, so this thing, they push and you're like, no way, I'll never do that. And then you do. 
Okay? They listened. They're willing to conform. They push. No way. I'll never do that. Then you do. Because you're like, oh my God, I feel so judged by my coworkers. If you don't take this, you're not a responsible person. <gasps> oh my God. And then they introduce us. No way. Now imagine their vision is to come here, right? But they go, and gradually, and all of a sudden, you're like, no way. I did all of it. I gave up all my privacy. Exactly. That's what some people are uncomfortable with. And I bet you are too. So final thoughts here before we wrap up. Remember how earlier we talked about the BIS, which is like the Federal Reserve of the World, the Bank of International Settlements? They gave a report. And there's one thing that's a little bit also disturbing for you to be thinking about. You know, as a parent, we program our kids and we incentivize what for our kids to do and what for them not to do. You may discipline them in a different way. You take away their iPad, you take away a toy, you take away a certain car, phone, whatever it may be, right? But there's a reward punishment for it. That's fine. As a child, totally get it. Do you think at 42 years old, a BIS should be doing that to tokenizing on how you vote? You know, what kind of car you drive, the decisions you make? Well, watch the word BIS uses on their report. I want you to read this here with me. Tokenization of money and assets has great potential, but initiatives to date have taken place in silos without access to central bank money and the foundation of trust it provides. Look at the second one is the main one we're going to uh, focus on here right now. A new type of financial market infrastructure, a unified ledger, could capture the full benefits of tokenization tokenization by combining central bank money, tokenized deposits, tokenized assets on a programmable platform. Programmable platform. Programmable. I program you, okay? Programmable. They program you on your behaviors. How you vote, maybe. What vaccines you've taken, maybe. All of these things programmable and then all of a sudden somebody gets more benefits than another person based on who is following the government's guidelines better who's following the world, the BIS report that's being given out that all these G20 members are using? I don't know about that. By the way, I want you to know this. I'm not sitting here telling you these are all dark people that want to come and take over and ruin your life. I'm not telling you that. Are there some people that are driven by evil and power and control that are at these G20 summits? Of course. I'm not sitting here disputing that. But I also think some of them are there for the right reasons. What I am willing to tell you is the following. I lean on being paranoid and trusting after verifying and seeing what their motives are. And historically, governments don't have a track record on what they do with power. Because somebody may come up with some good ideas at first and that that they're noble, but eventually somebody may rise up that comes after them who is not noble. They're driven by power and they end up ruining people's lives. You've read about it. You've watched many videos. You've seen many documentaries. Won't be the first time. It's best you and I stay paranoid and keep watching what these guys are doing at these big meetings. So if you got value out of this video, give it a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. And if you don't know a lot about CBDC, you're like, Pat, I want to learn more about CBDC. Click on the link here to watch the video. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye.